0: Hey, thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now. And if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless
1: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network Hey, welcome
0: back to our second uh, of three in John chapter 7 uh, I still have with me my partners in crime, Joseph and Ed, how are you guys doing? Awesome. Super fantastic Awesome I'm going to make your camera go lower, Joseph. There it is. All right. All right. So that was fun. A little housekeeping. <laughs> Excellent production work. Well, thank you. It's not even edited out, as you can see. In fact, if you guys are watching this video right now, I can do a little lowering of my camera, too, except it was my seat, not my camera. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that would be raising of your camera.
0: Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's what it would be. Good call. Anyway, Ed, tell us a little bit about yourself oh come on <laughs> all right if you want to find out more about ed message me and i'll tell you things he won't tell you uh father
1: of three husband of 25 years owner well i shouldn't say owner anymore should i uh keeper of two pet dogs oh we're not allowed to say we own our pets anymore we're not oh no. really oh when did that say? this wow this is for a different podcast <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> so yeah i have two great uh two great dogs yeah. and uh so i I will say though, you know, as you know, I went on a, a a an attempt doing my best at real obedience about five months ago, just every facet of my life that I could think of, just really just focus for the first time in my life just on listening for God and obeying God, and I think you'll agree we've been neighbors what thirteen years, yeah. 13, 14 years. And you kind of did the same thing, I believe. Yeah. we, bo- In fact, we've both, for the about the last year, have done things that most people would have said we'd be crazy to do. Well, sure. Just with how we've run our lives. And life. still say they're crazy, and, for me. But we've both been <laughs> obedient and listening. Yeah. And I believe... for that both of us are happier than we've ever been yeah. in 13 years. That's true. And I know a lot of Christians say, well, you're not supposed to go for happiness. You're supposed to go for joy. But we've been happy. And we I'll say been, joyful. How about we have that been more happy and <laughs> joyful than we've ever been yeah. as neighbors. I believe that. Oh, yeah. Both of us. That's true. We're both more relaxed. We're both more at peace. Yeah. So I would like to say that as part of my bio. I like it. Yeah. It's a good part of his bio. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, if you haven't done so
0: already, jump over on uh, any one of your preferred methods to enjoy some time in worship and uh, talking to the Father, giving back yourself to Him, because that's really all we have to give. And uh, uh, I love that reality. I don't know. It's something unique, because that's the other thing. It's not just what we have to give, but everybody is giving to God something that only they can give. Yeah. It's not necessar- or it's not just the only thing you can give, but you're the only one who can give it. That is Awesome anyway I'm excited I like that (laughs) it's good stuff alright let's get into this next passage some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other isn't this the man they are trying to kill but here he is speaking in public and they say nothing to him could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah but how could he be For we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I come from. But I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him. But I know him, because I come from him, and he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his time had not yet come many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but not find me. And you cannot go where I am going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go? They asked. Is he thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews and other lands? Maybe he will even teach the Greeks. What does he mean when he says, you will search for me, but not find me. And you cannot go where I am going. All right. All right. I got four significant things that stuck out to me on this, but I will not go first because I I refuse. I defer. <laughs> Joseph, you didn't get it I had Ed go first last time. Why don't you go?
2: Man, I'm still reaming from the
0: last one. Well, we can talk about it some more too. Yeah. Yeah, you know,
2: I just I I just, I think I find things kinda of funny sometimes in the Word of God where you know, it says, you know, they just called him possessed. And, you know, it's like, hey, you're crazy because you think people we'll want to kill him. And, but yet the people are like, isn't that the guy that, like, they're trying to kill? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, goodness. they just
0: said, you think they're trying to kill you? You're crazy. And yeah, then, wait, obvious. aren't they trying to kill this dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that, you
2: know, they were, um, it's interesting because they didn't really understand that he was from, you know, he was from Bethlehem and that's right. where the Messiah was come. But there was this, apparently I didn't know this, but there was this mystical teaching during that time that the Messiah would just, you know, appear out of nowhere.
0: Yeah.
2: He would just, you know, come. But honestly, you know, if you think about it, like in end time studies, that's where the antichrist will just kind of mm-hmm. come up out of the people. And that's in that same, teaching prevails even today and so that's why many people be deceived to believe that he will be the messiah because that mystical teaching is still being taught that he's just going to appear hmm. out of nowhere but anyways
0: well and it's interesting too because they say you know he is from nazareth but he was born in bethlehem and that that's yeah. that's a key thing you know yeah.
2: and even galilee there was you know they said no good thing can come out of you know right. Galilee. right jonah I mean, there was different prophets, you know, no prophet. You nope, know. Right. But Jonah was from there. I forget who else was. I think um, I've lost my train of thought on that. But
1: no, that's anyways. all right. Ed? So I was puzzled by where it says um, they sought to take him, but no and one laid did. a hand on him because yeah. his hour had not yet come. Yeah. So is that indicating a supernatural protection that he had, or is it indicating that just... Through a series of events, God God's plan worked that they didn't grab him because it wasn't time yet. I, for me personally, because I wrote that, that's one of the things that stuck out to me. Is
0: it mm-hmm. says the leaders tried to arrest him, you know, they but they couldn't lay a hand on him because his time hadn't come. Yeah, I th- the because his time hadn't come is the prophetic nature of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so it's saying his time hadn't come, so so this didn't happen. But what I believe is they're cowards. I mean, what are you supposed to do this because everyone they said at one point. Uh, so, uh, it's you know, they said, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? But here he is speaking in public and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he's the Messiah? Like the people are now looking at it going, well, they're not doing anything to him. They said they're going to kill him. Now they're not. So do they think he's the Messiah? They lying and then to Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they're like, well, how could he be? Because we know where this guy comes from. We won't know. Because as you pointed out, Joseph, it says when the Messiah comes, he will simply appear and no one knows where he's going to come from. But I think the thing is, is that, you know, they go on to say in another point that how much more could the Messiah do? Like, you're telling yeah. me the Messiah is going to do more miracles than this cat? Yeah. And so I think that that's a big part of it. So I think, I think what it really speaks to is the cowardice um, of those leaders and trying to figure it out. You know, they're trying to find a way to think about this. They're trying to find a way to hide and mask God's divine work on the earth. You, they're not going to be successful at that, and and spoiler alert: they did finally get Jesus. For those who don't know, <laughs> they did <laughs> when finally. When it was time, when it yeah. was time, they finally. And he said, "It's time." They got in. They crucified him. He rose again. They still couldn't stop the power of God. And again, you know, paralleling today's world, this is where we are now. People are constantly trying to hide, counterfeit, do whatever they can to mask what God's doing, and He still just does it.
2: Well, I I think yes. that you know. And I love what you said about it being prophetic. But I also see, at least in my own experience in my life, is that, you know, you start at the beginning of the chapter, you know, what we did last last time, and how that Jesus, he would not go out of Galilee, wouldn't go there because of the Jewry, because right. they sought to kill him. <clears throat> well he's jesus if he's got supernatural protection he can go wherever he wants sure you know, nobody's going to kill him but he but why would he stay back because he knew that if he went he could have been killed mm-hmm. and so i think the key here is that he was in the the center of the father's will right yeah and that's that place of safety of being in the center of the, of the father's will and i've heard of missionaries and, and different testimonies countless testimonies and mm-hmm. even my own life that you know Whenever I'm in the center of God's will, there is a supernatural protection yeah. that is prov- provided, and I think that's why you know at the right time, you know, <laughs> whenever He was in the center of God's will at the right time, guess what? It was yeah. God's will for them to take Him and right, right, take Him to the
0: cross you, because you guys know Mr. Magoo. You oh, guys yeah. know what I'm talking. <laughs> okay, so Mr. Magoo. My memory, I have a I'm very little memory of Mr. Magoo, but uh, as I remember, he was a guy that was blind and always walking through dangerous situations, (laughs) but never knew it Mm -hmm. because he couldn't see. And I've often gotten that picture when following God, we walk ourselves through a gauntlet that we (laughs) never see because, and I I go back to Peter and, and walking on the water. When he looked away from Jesus, he saw the peril. He either saw the peril he was in or he saw the miracle he was in. Either way, his focus left God and went to what he was doing. And the peril or, or, or uh, prestige that he was currently in. Well, that's, that's I think, what, what we see in all this. Jesus walks through all sorts of dangerous moments, arguably. But if he's constantly doing the will of the Father, he goes through completely unscathed. Yeah. And, and we see this in, in the natural world all the time. A person gets thrown from a car in a wreck and they walk away. And, and a person who's in the safe place, area doesn't make it out and i'm not talking about god's plan and all that but just simply laying out this reality that there are just some
1: unexplainable realities to this who who else has been in a situation where you're you got a bill coming yeah and i've i have went to god before and told him said you know i hey (laughs) this this 350 is just gonna have to be there Uh because i ain't worrying about it anymore Mm-hmm. So provide yeah. and you're able to do that. If, if you're being obedient at the time, mm-hmm. the times that I wasn't being obedient, yeah. I was really worried mm-hmm. and had to strive to try to get that you bill know. paid. But I mean, you guys, have you guys seen that happen? Oh, absolutely. And you're and then you're paying the bill and you think back and you're like, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Where did I get that money from? There's yeah.
2: There was one time that I, um, had an experience and I had, um, I had just enough money and I was desperately needing just to get away with my family and go on vacation. But I'm like, I can either take this money and I can pay the bills two weeks from now because I didn't have any work lined up or I can go. And I felt like God was telling me you need to go on this vacation. Trust me. And I'm like, but if I spent this and he says, don't worry about tomorrow, what have I told you? He said, worry about today. So I went on it and it was wonderful. It was just, we just basically went up to Springfield and spent some time with friends and it was so encouraging because my friends were able to just speak into my life. and But now I'm on my way home, and now all of a sudden that fear setting. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I've done spent the money, and now I've got bills due, and there's still no work coming up. And on the way home, I get a call. And I had worked for this company two years before called Helix Electric. And I'd only worked for them six weeks, and I hated it. Because it's down in a ditch and the guy was yelling at me and was like, uh, I was created for more than this. <laughs> you know. So anyways, um, but I was just you know, just a regular just ten dollar an hour hand. But for some reason, because it was on a government job, they had listed me as a journeyman master electrician because they made that error. They had to pay me the journeyman master electrician wages. Wow. And so this lady called me and said, I've got a five thousand dollar check for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like what? I mean it was like more than enough to cover, you know, what was coming and then some and it was just a lesson yeah. that God told me. He said, When you obey me, um, you know, I'm going to I'm not even gonna preserve not just your life, but he can preserve your finances and, mm-hmm. and everything. And so that was a great lesson for me in my mm-hmm. life and not worrying that you know, it doesn't mean I can just be a fool. I mean, right. I'm not saying I went out and was like, you know what? I'm going to go down to the casino and I'm going to blow it all. And God's going to provide. Jesus wasn't a fool. Mm-hmm. He didn't just, you know, he didn't just walk out there and just put himself out. Here I am. Shoot me, mm-hmm. or take me, hang me, put me on the cross. Right. But you know, he he was very. I think the key here that I see in Jesus' life, he he obeyed the Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I you know I think uh, I, as we're saying this, I'm hearing the voice of my grace friends telling me yeah, but this is all you do this to get something or without, you know, where's God's grace in this. And I, I, I just would address it like this, that that obedience, that's the beauty of God's grace for me Mm -hmm. is that, and I'm not thinking in terms of, you know, let's say this, that uh, like, for example, we don't teach tie that redux church as a whole. I know that a lot of our folks that are contributors believe in the concept of tithe. So it's not a anti-belief. It's just something we don't necessarily teach. But I think the scriptural existence of the parable of the talents, when Jesus is talking about the, the guys that are given X amount of dollars and what they do with it, and I think there's an obedience to that. One person goes and buries all these talent, all of the, the money, and, and they've preserved it. They've saved it, mm-hmm. but they've made nothing for their master, right? Yeah. And so I think you know, to, to your point, Ed, when you talk about being obedient, it goes beyond obedience to follow some Old Testament law, but obedience to follow the real-life living word of God in your life now.
1: Oh, this this is so powerful. It just reminds me of the story of the two prophets. Yeah, yeah. The story of the two. What book was it in?
0: Uh, man, I See, I now. found it, but I rely on him <laughs> to be my reference. So yeah. it's
1: just a little bitty story somewhere in the Old Testament. This prophet goes, and he's obedient, and he goes, and he prophecies to the king, and he says what he has to say, and it took a lot of guts for him to do it, and God told him, don't eat and don't drink in that land. So he he does his thing. He did it right. He's leaving, and a more senior, more respected, aged prophet comes upon him and says, hey, you did a great thing. Come to my home and eat with me. And he says, well, I'm not supposed to. And he says, but God told me to come get you and help you. So he's like, sounds good. God told you. So they go into the old prophet's house and they eat. Well, then he comes out and he's killed by a lion on the trail, just like God said he would be. And the lion stood guard over his body while he rotted. Right. And he was not buried in his land. He was dissolved into the land and and rotted away. And it was about God told him what to do. He let somebody else. Convince him to go against God based on what they said God told them, and it was
0: somebody who he respected, Respect, right? Yeah. Somebody who somebody he with more authority. He literally that. Yep.
1: believed that
0: person heard God more clearly than he did mm-hmm. for him. Yep. Which everybody listening to this right now needs to hear this Absolutely. moment. Absolutely, there is nothing anyone here or anyone else in your life is going to hear for from God for you better. Wise counsel is different. That's when you hear from God and you weigh it. You put it before good Christian people who who you know hear from God. But you never let somebody else's, well, this is what God's telling me for you, trump what God's already told you. Mm-hmm. yes now in in a, in a space where you don't have a word from God that's called an intercessor someone who's operating the prophetic and hey I think God's telling you this and the real person a real prophet from God is going to say look I could be wrong I'm telling you this let's see if it bears witness and they share with you what God's been saying but but the humility that needs to be attached to it in that story that, that Ed Simon and we'll get that passage somewhere because that's yeah it's so powerful but in that story that other prophet, the senior prophet had zero humility in anything he said. No, no, no. God God what do you mean you can't eat or drink? God told me to come get you. What's uh, what word could you possibly have? God told me, bro.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Man, and you see that so much, yes. and, you know, I've I've had to wrestle with that because and I'm so thankful that I'm getting to the place where I hear the voice of God so clearly. And it's not that I've never heard it. I've always heard of it. But it's like I questioned it, and just like you, like you know that prophet did. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But my pastor or this man that you know just has this great following. He said that. But one of the things I've learned is is that when I'm hearing from the voice of God is this, and I teach people this all the time, is that God, when you ask God a question, He will answer every time, yeah. almost immediately. Sometimes He's answered me before I finish the question, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what happens is I says that's the voice of God but the voice of the enemy is always after Mm. he will come in and he'll bring doubt. He'll bring frustration or, or confusion. And I've learned that in my Christian walk to listen to the voice of God and know that the enemy and just to expect that the enemy is always going to come and it doesn't necessarily have to come in my own mind. It can come from another brother. Sure. It can. Yeah. And so, and so in that, just trusting that, but at the same time though, I've had on the opposite end of the spectrum where men of God have come to me and it's like, hey, I've got a word from you and it confirms the word of what God's already said. Mm-hmm. And so there is that, but yeah, I, so and that's always good because sometimes, you know, especially when it's a word that's like, you know, I've had some words here recently and I'm like, God, are you sure me? But mm-hmm. well, this is bigger than, you know, this is beyond what I fathom, you know, and so I need to know that this is from you because I don't want to step out here and look like a fool. Yeah, and then God will send people to confirm that word, and that's why I would encourage people: when God gives you a word, be very careful who you share it with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there was a lot of things that you know, even Mary, she kept when she found that out, she kept that close to her heart because I mean, I there wasn't many people that were going to receive that word. Mm-hmm. And so when God gives you a word, keep it close to your heart and ask God who you're supposed to share it with.
0: Right. Don't just go off and do it.
2: Because I can guarantee you there's dream killers out there everywhere. So much of that
0: sharing too is trying to convince yourself you heard from God. Yes. Because when you share it (laughs) for the same reason when, you know, I talked about last episode. You're looking for affirmation. You're looking for affirmation. So so when you share somebody, hey, this is so typical. Man, I really feel like God may be telling me this. And you say it to somebody like, "Dude, I, absolutely. Yes, that's good." Now let me just help you with this. If you start off with, "I think God's maybe," you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there's God is yes and God is no. He is not maybe. <laughs> yeah. There's there's absolutely never uncertainty in what God shares. And and you may have uncertainty, but God doesn't have that. And so I you know, when you're they do, they go run to and again, they're going to come to people like me or, or well, we go to people like us, right? And we say, hey, uh, what do you think of this? And I did it just the other day. It's funny. I, I did something and I, I told my wife, I said, I talked to God about this and this is what God said to me. He said, you're not going to get any help on this one. And she said, you mean he's not going to help you? I said, no. He said, you're going to go and ask as many people as you want to ask and not one person is going to help you with this one. You need to hear what I have to say about it. And, uh, praise God. And it I was, it. it was awesome. Mm, and he was right. And I'll tell you guys off air what it was and uh, <laughs> not for any other reason. Cause it's not going to date well, yeah. <laughs> it <won't make> sense. <laughs> but, um, but I just think that's interesting. And, and just, you know, this is something I, I gotta say, I really greatly appreciate this conversation because, you know, ultimately what I'm hoping we do with, with this at Redux, what I'm really hoping happens from this Um, and what I absolutely believe God is doing in people is, is letting them see that we read a passage, John chapter seven, verses 25 through whatever, 36, and we start talking about it. And we end up talking about an old Testament passage. We talk (laughs) about hearing God's voice and resting in him, things that are not directly related to these scriptures. Why? Because this is a jumping off point. That's what it's all about, right? It's what is this spark in you? Because God's always talking to us and he's going to use whatever mechanism to speak to us what we need to hear. Amen. And and so we may read, while Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, yes, you know me and you know where I come from. And that may be a passing phrase to 80% of the people listening. But to 20%, that's like, see right there, God's calling me out. And he's like, you know me, you know where I come from. And that speaks volumes to them. And it, and it gets us down these paths. So I just want to commend you guys for being comfortable and just going into those pathways. And, and uh, we've got about five minutes left uh, before we got to wrap up. And, Ed, I feel like you've got a lot you want to share. But
1: Well, I wanted to point out again that he cried that out. Yeah. You both know me, and you know where I am from. Mm-hmm. And I have not come of myself. But he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. Yeah. But I know him for I am from him, and he sent me. I just imagine him just yelling that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so many people now get uncomfortable yeah. with, a, <laughs> with a pastor or anybody who might, you know, really get fired up about the word. That's Christ fired up about the word mm. and coming coming out with the truth in a bold manner.
2: You know, as you read that, it made me think, because, you know, I'm in the ministry that I'm working on, glory house ministries in there's five questions that i ask people and i don't know if i mentioned it last time i was on but there's five questions that that i want people to think about and answer and they most people don't answer them and it's these questions it's where did i come from which speaks to my heritage who am i which speaks to my identity why am i here which speaks to my purpose what is my what can i do which speaks to my potential and where am i going which speaks to my destiny and the sad thing is most people live their entire lives and never really contemplate or answer or seek to answer those questions. But Jesus here, he knew who he was. He knew where he was from. He knew his purpose. He knew what he was capable of and he knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. And that's why he could walk in confidence and say the things that he did, he said. And that's the key of when God speaks to us and that's why I encourage people to to find out where you came from, find out your heritage, find out who you are in him, find out. And that will lead to what your purpose is. And that purpose will lead to what your potential is. And then that potential will lead to your destiny. And when you walking in your destiny, that's where you will be fulfilled. Mm. And that's where the victorious Christian life is.
1: And so, man, that's good. He had the knowledge of the truth too. Yes. Which made him confident in everything. Yes. Do
0: you guys think he worked that out? Like before the age of 12 or sometime between 12 and 30? I think he had to. (laughs) I mean, do you think he he found those moments where he's like, he knew who he was, all of the things, those questions. Do you think he got contemplative in and of himself
1: and just heard God? Or do you think it was just innate? I've always thought it was innate. Yeah. Short answer. innate. But I think his
2: parents probably spoke it over him. How could you not? Yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, and I you think it, and that's a
2: good, you know, you know, kind of off the subject, but but not really. But, you know, that's why to me it's so important. You know, I, I've shared this with my son, you know, in 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 studying like the glory of God and in Christ brought glory to his father everywhere he went. And my son, his name is Isaac. His name means laughter. And he is a cut up. And I'm, I'm like, you know, one day he could be, you know, a stand up comedian. I mean, hmm. it just I can see that on him. And I told him one day, I said, do you know that you bring glory to God in bringing laughter? He's like, really? I was like, yeah. And I said, the reason why is glory is the true nature of something. Mm. And so when we talk about the glory of God, it's talking about who he is. It's his true, what he's like, you know, who he is, what his attributes are. And God is a God of laughter. Mm-hmm. God has a sense of humor. I mean, you can see if you not see that God's sense of humor, reading the Word of God, you're not reading it right. Mm. And so go back and read it because God has a sense of humor, and He loves laughter. And so I said, just the very fact that God created you and that you bring laughter, now the enemy can take and corrupt that, pervert it, and turn it into corrupt humor. But I said laughter was created by God, right. and I said so. You you could actually grow up and be a stand up comedian, and be. Putting on display the glory of God by bringing laughter and joy into people's life. Hmm. We don't get that as a church because we think, well, if you're not a pastor, you're not a teacher, you're not an evangelist or a prophet. Well, then you're nobody in the body of Christ. Those are equipping gifts.
0: Yeah, if you're not if you're not identifying with a verb from Ephesians four exactly, then you're nobody. But those are just equipping gifts. You know.
1: Christian comedians are some of the most attacked people there are by the church. But they're, they you should. Know, oh, be. they said this once. They said that once. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just laugh. Right. Just right. relax and laugh.
0: <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. It's real. Guys, again, thank you so much for being a part. We got one more. And uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us as well uh, for this conversation. If you find that you have a question, you want us to dive deeper about something we talked about today, just send me a message. Uh, You can go to redux.church to do that or any other way, you know how to contact me. Um, Yeah. So make sure and do that. Father, thank you again so much for today and for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in the lives of all those around us. And, And we do just pray that, all the words that you have for us today would fall in good soil, that it would yes. grow deeply rooted, and the truth would be the fruit of what we understand, and we can take that and turn it into an absolute, firm belief. Thank, you, thank you. We thank you for it all. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. If you want to join with us and connect with us greater ways, you can do that at Redux.Church. You can find us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. But... Redux.church shall live forever, as long as the internet is a thing. So anyway, God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.